following episode contains strong language, crude and sexual humor, references to drugs and alcohol, and scenes of graphic violence and violence involving terrorism. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. The thing that is most notable for you, and I'd say the world at large, is that there was a mass exodus of Atlanteans from Atlantis, and they've become more prominent, particularly in the areas surrounding Riverside. There has been, uh, for lack of a better term, a bit of a, a colony of sorts that has formed outside into the international waters beyond Riverside. Hell yeah, some Atlantean refugees. Meanwhile, back in Atlantis, things have been tenuous at best. The queen has been kind of keeping order. There's been, you know, more discussions about, like, complete reform. You know, there's been... Uh, there's definitely been some discussion from the military about maybe they should be the ones in charge now until things settle down. Like, it's, it's again, tenuous at best. Put the sisterhood in charge. All three of you get a text from Sean Ortega. And? Yeah? I'm out on a boat near the colony, and it looks like something's going down. I'll be there immediately. And Yardamo and I take off. Hey, fish boy, come get me. You can use us as human hoverboards. I'll make dry clothes when I get there. So, how well does that suit handle water? Uh, I mean, it's not waterproof. So, apparently, there's some shit going down at New Lantis right now. New Lantis? <laughs> Up on my back, kid. Meanwhile, out on the boat, Shauna directs Kenny on where to get good shots of, like, basically all of you incoming. This is Shauna Ortega with Channel 7 News. With this exclusive report, there's an attack on the Atlantean colony just off the coast of Riverside. It looks like some local heroes, the Riverside Hive, have decided to intervene. Fade in as we come back to our fight on the Atlantean refugee town, the floating artificial city just a mile off the coast of Riverside City, Connecticut. So, when we last left off, Yardak had just dropped off Visual Aid, who immediately used her powers to create a wall to defend some civilians uh, who were under fire. Laserhawk tossed a newfound grenade power into a crowd, and uh, Yardak used the power of the ocean to fling himself out of the water, forming a ball of water around himself to land amongst a group of enemies. So, the rough size of this location is about two football fields worth of space, roughly 500 feet lengthwise and 300 feet across. And so let's start with Laserhawk and your grenade power. What was it called again? Plasma Grenade! Wait, shit, I got a cooler name. Hellzone Grenade! And so you're tossing the Hellzone Grenade towards the closest enemy, correct? Uh, yes sir. All right, so first we'll see how well they dodge out of the way. They are fairly successful at that, but still a chance to get hit. The Atlantean uh, that you targeted looks up into the sky and sees this grenade coming down and forms a, a wall of water around himself to, to absorb some of the blast. You see him anime style, like he's pushed back a couple inches on his feet, 
the wall just barely like holds and then dissipates as the grenade finishes up. <sighs> Fucking seaweeb. Yardak, we're going to do a similar thing. So the power that you're using is not part of your standard array, right? We're doing a power stunt to start off. Mm-hmm. So for this one, you are going to roll an attack using your water control. 623. We'll use the same DC as uh, your water whips. What would that be? And the DC is 25. All right. And then, well, you pretty much land smack dab on one guy, crush him under the, the ball. He's alive. You didn't kill him, um, but like, you just landed with full force. He is out completely. Like you, you could see through the transparency of the water, like as he went unconscious. Uh, meanwhile, one of the other guys looks like he got hurt, like he got pushed away into a wall by it, but the other two successfully dodged out of the way. Bitch. Visual aid, you're able to successfully throw that wall up. It does look like, uh, just with the simple rate of fire, it, it is not coming apart right away, but it is also deteriorating, just like some of the other cover that they were hiding behind. So, like, it's giving them time to, to escape, but it's not a permanent fix. Boo. Let me save people. Yeah, I mean, you are. They're fleeing. They got, they're not taking fire. Looking at the map, I'm going to say that that wall was made just north of you. Okay. And they are fleeing towards uh, Yardak right now through an alleyway between two markets. Who do I see that's like actively trying to hurt people? People that you saw most recently were like they're behind the wall barrier you just made. They were shooting through it. And again, you can see like pieces of the wall chipping up and the sounds of uh, of more fire hitting it. Um, you don't see anybody else at the moment. So I can't actually see them. I just know they're on the other side of the wall because I can see it kind of coming down. Correct. So keep in mind, you're surrounded by buildings now, and these are like typical building size in terms of like, they're probably at least 10 feet tall minimum. There's a center structure in the middle of town. That one looks to be like three stories tall. It's got like a big glass dome at the top of it. The only one who has full visibility at the moment would probably be Laserhawk as he continues to jet around. This is basically an open air market. So there's a lot of like tables and things and stands around you. Okay, I want to jump on someone's table. Sorry, ma'am. It's interesting that you've gendered the market owner. I was trying to be polite. Okay, so you jump up, and before you do anything else, that's when we're going to roll initiative. We have 27 genders in Atlantis, first of all. Could have fooled me. You got two fucking uh, prefixes. Well, the nuance is lost on you. A reminder that you're all starting with uh, one hero point. Are you fucking kidding me? Did you roll a nat one on your initiative? I did, but I have an initiative of plus 14, so... Now, don't forget, you also have Yaradamo and Hornet alongside you. Oh, yeah. I did forget that. Yaradamo kind of uh, jumped out in the northwest part of the barge. Uh, Hornet is still kind of doing like a low, like a circling glide, orbiting, trying to find a good landing spot uh, to be effective. While she can, in the past, she has overpowered her gauntlets to do a range attack. It's not a standard part of her her uh, loadout, so she's more of a close-range fighter. Understandable. 22. Laserhawk? 15. 16. Oh, this fucking hurts, bros. To not be the top of the initiative for once? Bro, I'm dead nuts last out of us. Was, was that yikes for the Atlanteans or yikes for our friends? Yikes. Descriptive. Decidedly not. So first the initiative is Yaradamo. The rest of you can't see him, but Laserhawk, you see 
as he immediately runs back into the water and jumps in and moments later flings himself far out to land in the center of town near Yardak. Hell yeah, brother. And immediately throws a whip out at one of the guys. Hell yeah, boyfriend fight. In just landing, he he didn't catch his bearings and he misses. I rolled a nat one. Goddamn. He's probably like trying to impress me and he just fucking eats shit. (laughs) Hornet sees you visual aid and immediately curves uh, her descent to land on the other side of that market. And let's just see. Uh, You hear some zap zaps and and the sounds of punches landing, but you can't see anything. What? She didn't want to fight near me? And visual aid, it is your turn now. Can't I see anyone now? As you get a closer look, you can see a group of these Atlanteans all carrying blaster rifles, and they have turned and put their attention more towards Hornet, who just landed amongst their ranks. I haven't used this before, so we're we're testing something new. Okay. So for illusionary damage, I'm like I'm making them imagine that they that they're being hurt. So yeah. Perception range damage with a will resistance. So I guess I have to make make them imagine something that that's actually hurting them. Correct. So tell me what you're making them see that's going to be so realistic that it feels like that they should feel like they're hurt by it. Okay. Why do my brain just feel like they're going to be attacked like birds going for their eyes, like Cinderella's like stepsisters and like the original fairy tale? I don't. I don't know, man. That's that's where your brain went. You got to you got to reconcile that with Doctor Bellum. They think like seagulls are attacking them. Okay, and what's the DC on that? 25. DC 25, let's see what happens. She's really concentrating because this is one of the things that Marin Veterans like unlocked for her. This is her first time using it out in the field. And can I use my movement action to unsheath a dagger I assume I have on me? Uh, you saw one of them was on the ground from Hornet's attack. You see another one go down, swatting at, attempting to swat at these uh, seagulls. Uh, and the other two are also swatting at the seagulls and, are, and look like they're getting pecked at uh, from your perspective. Hornet kind of has a pause uh, to her fight for a moment. Like, why are birds on our side? She does have a bit of confusion with this as the birds begin to attack them. So that's two down from that small group. Are you doing anything else with your turn? No, I think I'm staying where I am. Just I've got a... I'm just standing on this uh, marketplace with a sword, attacking, but also really concentrating on these seagulls. Yardak, meanwhile, in the center of town, near this big tall building. The t- to be clear, that tower I described, that three-story tower, is the tallest structure in this little town. You see someone that you recognize from the pictures that Ruth Day from Sash showed you. Specifically, he is a guy with a shaved head. So what it was, it was an Atlantean military tattoo with an additional tattoo, do, do it through it to look like a claw is ripping through it. And so basically you see him, because you, you can also recognize the tattoo on his arm. He's wearing some heavy body armor. Uh, he has a blaster rifle on his back. That's not a claw. This Kyle just got the fucking Monster Energy logo. Bottoms up, the devil wins. So you see him, he turns towards the two of you, and he goes, Ambassador Yardak, it is a pleasure to meet you, unfortunately under these circumstances. I'll give you an opportunity to stand down and hear us out to join our ranks. You only get one chance. No thanks, I've already dealt with one group of dissidents, and uh, you saw what happened. It's unfortunate that you've made this choice. And he immediately pulls out two water whips and goes for both you and Yaradamo. What is your uh, dodge plus 10? 20. So he's going to hit you and Yaradamo, uh, so you're going to want to roll a toughness check. Rude. 20 again. 
So you are going to take a couple slashes, you know, across your chest, uh, maybe one to like your side, um, and you're going to take a negative one to future damage checks. Mm. Uh, Yardon looks like he suffered a similar amount of damage, um, and he looks over to you like holding like a wound. You hurt my boyfriend. And this guy immediately does like a combat roll, basically out of view. Roll me a perception check. 18. Something clicks when you saw that combat roll. The, the move looks familiar to you. And you realize that while you've never spoken, you recognize him as being one of the Queen's Guard who was there, who quit on the spot when Atlanta started to come apart. Respect. Still gotta fuck you up. <laughs> and you hear the sound of some blaster fire in the distance. And you hear, you hear a voice yell, proceed, proceed. Uh, and you're also starting to see like more of the civilian population kind of like fleeing around you. A lot of them are coming from the area that he just combat rolled towards. Like they're fleeing from that direction. And that's also where the voice you just heard came from. Uh, Yardak, it is your turn. Okay, yeah. So, and like there's that square. Look, is, it, is that an envelope? Is that like their version of a post office? There are things that are actual buildings. Like this is a school. This is a market. And then this, yes, was the post office. All these other kind of like amorphous uh, designs, those are all housing. Um, so yes, he fled past the post office towards some of the housing. Uh, then I, in that case, I'm going to take off after him and heal myself as I go. So roll a healing check. I believe that's a DC 10 healing check. Plus 10, 15. Uh, so yeah, that is enough to heal your wound without issue. So you have taken away that negative one. Yeah. Uh, and as you're coming through, as you can now see, like in between the buildings, you can see he's kind of fleeing. He's gotten a little further, like in this direction. He's gotten a little further, even to the northwest. And that's all I can do. Visual aid uh, from behind you. You hear a noise. And when you turn around, you see what looks to be a fairly young looking male Atlantean. He's got like kind of, again, the armor on that all of them seem to have. He's got like a battle helmet on. He looks uh, on the scrawnier side by comparison, though. By younger, are we saying like, He's an adult. He's just younger than the other ones, or is he like actually a kid? The thing about Atlantean aging is it's weird. If you had to guess, he looks like a late teenager, so he's probably someone they wrote of like a hundred years old in right in terms of human years. Does he look apprehensive at all? Yes, he looks like he has a little bit of a hesitation, um, but he has his rifle like at the ready. You don't have to do this. He kind of just closes his eyes and fires. What is your dodge plus ten? You didn't even let me roll persuasion. Goddamn. Dodge plus 10 is 20. Uh, yeah, the shot goes wide and doesn't hit you. You clearly don't want to do this. You hear the sounds of more battle in the distance, and he looks up as he hears, like, different firing. He, has, he says, I have to do my duty. Is, ki is killing people your duty? Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. Not that it's really going to change much, but I actually skipped, and I am terribly sorry. Uh, Laserhawk, it's your turn now. Um, so you're flying, so you can pretty much, like, cover this whole distance. Yeah, I was, I kind of did the math earlier. I could almost circle this thing twice. So, since you said that I still have a pretty good vantage point where I can see everything, the first thing I want to do is uh, roll perception to see everything. Sure, sure. Pretty good. That's a 13 on the dice plus 10, so that's a 23 altogether. Uh, so the things that stand out to you, uh, you saw that little fight between uh, Yardak and uh, Yardamo and this other mysterious figure. Basically, watch that guy flee, and he looks like he's about to catch up with another group who have been making their way uh, kind of in your direction towards this school location. 
What else you can see is that there is the guy that just shot at Ruby, two guys a little north of that next to Hornet, and another contingent in the very lowest area in the southeast. Okay. Based on your experience in Atlantis, it looks like probably a hospital location. Did you say that people, like civilians? In this area where, where that one guy is heading and that other group is, there are civilians fleeing from their homes towards like Yardak and Yardamo in that direction. Would you say that the cluster of dick butts are far enough away from civilians to where I would not damage anyone with, per se, a Hellzone Grenada? There is a risk, um, just because of how many there are. Um, what about the ones further to the south? For the moment, at least, pretty good, unless all of those civilians fleeing get to them. They're all moving with their like uh, with their spears and guns up in a, in a formation. Well, let's go fuck up their day while I still can, huh? So you're going to fly at them and throw a Hellzone grenade? Yes, however, if you would allow me to, I kind of want to see if I can fly low and roll a stealth check into this one. So I can catch them off guard. The thing is that you have lasers coming off your feet uh, that like make are very bright. But if I stay low, and I imagine that it's pretty fucking loud around here... I'll let you do it with a negative five circumstance penalty. I will accept this. Uh, are you going to use your hero point to burn away the fatigue then? Yes, sir. With the negative five and 21 altogether. Uh, yeah, it does not look like they, they've really t- taken notice of you kind of coming low and, and fast at them. <laughs> Boom. DC 23. And since they're caught fucking off guard, I'm hoping that they get some kind of negative two. You would be correct. Describe to me what it looks like as this grenade goes off and takes out a lot of them. When it's thrown, it's like this white glowing ball that just erupts into a fucking rave. All right. Are you doing anything else? Yeah. So after I chuck this fucking grenade at these dickheads, uh, I kind of want to be in the middle of like where my friends are, like kind of hovering above. So that way. A, I still have a bird's eye view. I can still kind of keep an eye on everything. And B, I can kind of jump in if any of them particularly need me, but still do my own thing if, you know, they're fine. So you're kind of hovering then in the kind of center of town uh, next to that tower. Visual aid, you see that those two that were like being attacked by the seagulls that are left uh, decide to ignore the seagulls and focus on Hornet. No, don't do that. They both have spears. The one swings his spear. Hornet dives out of the way of that one. Uh, however, it gets clipped pretty good by the other one. And she takes that spear straight to the shoulder. You see that the wingsuit isn't damaged, but you see that that like she's bleeding pretty good from her shoulder now and grabs at it and you hear, fuck. Oh, no, thank you. Ah, shit. And then you continue to hear more of the continued fire from the northwest. Uh, and it's Yaradamo's turn again. Yaradamo sprints and then sprints forward a little bit more and you see the guy that you were chasing, Yardak, has continued to flee um, and Yaradamo throws a whip just out of sight from you. Oh, does he get him? Uh, And you hear, ah! Yaradamo, you should be on our side. No. No. (laughs) Hornet's turn, who immediately goes and like, she was holding her wound and immediately lunges uh, with with her taser gauntlets at the guy who stabbed her. And you see that she gets a hold of him and just starts to be in walloping, like, and you see 
from the water on his body, you just see it like the electricity kind of just like hit, spread across like his chest and shoulder and face, hit again, again, again. As uh, he falls to the ground and she continues holding him as she goes down with him. She's gonna kill this boy. Damn. And when she lets go, you see her grab again at her shoulder. Like that arm, meanwhile, once she let go of him, not moving as much. Mm. Um, But it looks like that guy is down and out now. And it is Visual Aid's turn. Okay. There's one guy left in that group that you and Hornet were going after. Um, How close am I to him? Uh, let me see, about 45 feet. So I could not move close enough to... Um... Unless you do a charge attack, which lets you... You can use your normal movement to go your 30 feet, and then a charge attack lets you move up to your, you know, your standard movement amount and attack with a negative two penalty. I have never tried that. I, you know what? We're trying new things. Let's do that. You rush forward between that house and that market to go after him with the sword? I, like, I just run up. feel like I'm mostly mad at what they just did to Hornet. Maybe a little like, ah! Scream and a swing and roll that attack. I got a nat 20. Holy shit! And what is that with your blades? Uh, 33. What's the DC normally on that? The create is 10, so that'd be 25. Um, there's a few things you can do with a critical. I would say the most commonly used one is to add five to the uh, the DC. Five to the DC. All right, so that brings us up to a DC of 30. Even with him rolling a nat 20, still did not pass, so. <laughs> Damn. How do you swing at this guy? I'm coming up, and I just, I almost slide in like I'm sliding for first base. Okay. I guess I, I said I'd go low, so I guess I'm going for like this guy's kneecaps or something with the sword. You catch this guy on the back of his knee and slice. You must just nick an artery because there's blood coming out, and he falls down and goes unconscious. Part of me wants to make Ruby like make gosh and like be like, oh no no no, that's too much. Nah, fuck him. You're in war now, Ruby. Child soldiers last stream, war this stream. What do you think you guys have been doing? You're you're fucking in, you're fucking from the military, Yardek. Hey, this episode is in tribute of Henry Kissinger. We need to commit some war crimes on this barge. Yeah, I don't trust you now. You should have never to begin with. So I assume then that visual aid, uh, you're done with your turn. Yeah. Also, does anyone see my badassery? That's what I what I want to know. Hornet did. Bitch, I'm up in the air. I see everything right now. Uh, what you also see, uh, Laserhawk, up in the air. The apparent leader of this group comes up from behind and, and throws a bunch of uh, water whips at, at Hornet. Oh, what a dick butt. That hits. Boom. She takes like a bunch of shots to the back. You do see it kind of rips apart the wings of her suit. Oh, well. God damn. They really fucking her up. I guess I know what I'm doing with my next turn. Gotta fucking land. And then you see that group of them uh, that were together have come around and they take aim at you, Laserhawk, with their blaster rifles. Bones. Uh, what is your dodge plus 10? Uh, 20. That's going to hit. Roll a toughness check. Oh, thank fuck. 28. You're going to take a couple hits. You probably bash up against the side of that building, but then you stay flying as you regain your uh, your stamina and you don't seem to really have taken any permanent damage. I can't hit harder than that playing with my kid. He has a child. Take note. Laserhawk said, ah, fuck. No, it's okay. I, I genuinely imagine that, like, according to the tabloids, I have, like, 27 kids. Yardak, it's your turn, and the guy that you were chasing after uh, that Yardak also hit is now, like, he's, like, in front of the school. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, seeing as how it's a straightaway, I'm going to run, and then I will charge attack him and try to, I'm even going to try to charge him, like, into the walls of the school. And what are you hitting him with, like, your water whips? I'm going to water whip the absolute dog shit out of this idiot. 
10, 14, 10, 24. DC 25. All right, that hits. Baba boom. You just, again, whip the absolute shit out of this guy. <laughs> Get fucked. Baba boomy. You see, he gets hit with this. He looks up and he puts his hand to his ear and he goes, Fessum, let's make a quick exit. Fessum? And then suddenly... A, a mist starts to go all over the entire island, and when it eventually dissipates, all of the combatants are gone. They got a fucking powered person. What the fuck is this Scooby-Doo zombie island bullshit? God, that's a great fucking film. It is, but we don't have time to discuss that. Did you see where any of them went, Yarnak? <laughs> uh, and that also does include your hesitant-looking younger person, visual aid. I think just like, what? Yeah, so there's basically a mist came. It was going all the way up to, like, the top of that building, even, Laserhawk, and then you saw it slowly dissipate into the ocean, like, going in all directions. <sighs> and you said, Fessum? Fessum. Well, this isn't my favorite development. Hornet, how you feeling? That's some ghost shit right there. Uh, boss, I, uh, I'm not feeling so good. Yarnak, get to Hornet. Ruby, we need to start checking on civilians, making sure they're okay. Will do. And I, I assume the dude I just, like, sliced at his kneecap is also gone, right? Sorry, you know what? That is a good point. Correction. The group of ones that you knocked down, they are the only ones left. The, the ones that you and Hornet were fighting. Those those couple are still there. Oh, well, in that case, let me retcon what I said. Yarnak, go check on Hornet. Ruby, Yaradamo, start checking on civilians. I'm going to have a conversation with these guys. How are you waking them up? I picture like, a, like an AED, but it's your hand. You're just like, and you shock the shit out of them. Oh, that is so much cooler than smacking them. Yeah. When Laserhawk jumps down, I go, here, put this in their wounds. And I make gauze and just hand it to him. Yeah, we'll see how they answer. No, no. I, the gauze is to help them wake up. If they bleed to death, we can't get anything out of them. The one that got his knee sliced is the one that wakes up. Good morning, sunshine. I can patch you up, but first... I'm going to ask you a series of very basic questions. You're going to give me a series of very basic answers. Understanding? Eh? He's holding his knee. He kind of just spits on the ground. You see a little blood come out and he goes, our fight is not with you, land dweller. All right. Well, how about you explain what the fuck was going on here, buddy? Because the way I see it, you're close enough to my city to where I have to fucking worry about you. This is an operation of the Atlantean Patriots Ruling Council. Again, none of your concern. The last time, not even the last time. So many times, your shit has become my concern. So how about, and I'd like to apply a little bit of pressure to his wound here, you try that answer again. So what was your question again? Who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing? Well, I guess now, just what the fuck are you doing here? You told me who the fuck you are. We're here to take control of the island. Why? And as you're pushing the pressure, he goes, Ugh! Resources! To take back Atlantis. Anyone else got any further questions? No, but you're just as bad as the insurrectionists. You say you want to take back and, like, well, I guess restore Atlantis, but you're doing the exact same thing that led to this situation. Yardak's not happy with you. <laughs> He's very disappointed. He also said uh, you're getting coal for Christmas. Then Ruby pops in. Do you have sa the idea of Santa Claus in Atlantis? Okay, this comm communication's getting away from me. <laughs> I look at the Atlantean guy. I'm a man of my word, and I start to patch him up. I mean, his knee's pretty fucked up. You're not gonna be able to like, uh, you're not gonna be able to gauze your way out of this one. He's gonna need a healer, but I'm, yeah, that's fine. I'm doing. I'm a man of my word. I didn't say I was a fucking medicine man. Oh man, I'm gonna start unhealing and just give people diseases. Yarnak, that's called a fight scene. You realize just a little bit too late as you're patching him up. You're probably helping him up. That the other three woke up and immediately like got on their feet and dived into the water off of the side. Oh, god, fucking. 
damn it. Well, you're not going anywhere now. You're all going to get a hero point for that. Hey. I'll take a hero point. Uh, well, it, as you were doing that, I was running over and I'm going to heal Pam and go, Um, I guess we won. Like verbal question mark. And I go, I don't know. What the hell was that? Roll your healing yard act if that's what you're doing. But 26. Her her suit is still messed up. Like it's still punctured and stuff, but the, but the bleeding has stopped. The shoulder's back to normal. Yeah, she's moving standard now. And I think, Yardak, this is probably the first time that you've been to the island in a little while. Yeah. You see uh, the Atlantean flag is waving uh, on a couple of the houses. You see on that main center tower, there's a bit of a, of a signage now. It says Chenpar Atlan, uh, which is Atlantean for uh, far from home. The civilian population is slowly kind of getting together. Um, you see, I would say in terms of the breakdown, the population is like 25% men, 75% women and children. Hot, sexy sea wenches looking to mingle in your area. <laughs> Yardamu has been kind of running around and checking on some of the civilians that were cowering during the attack. I was thinking I was also starting to look at civilians. If anyone needed anything, I was like trying to make anything I could. Yeah, I'm mostly just trying to hold down this one guy and uh, avoid the inevitable questions. I know that Ruby's going to have for me. Uh, and while they're doing that, I want to jump on, I, I don't know, a crate, a table, whatever's nearby, and then say like, uh, address the crowd at large and say, is everyone okay? Uh, that What's going on? Do, do we know who they are? Well, I mean, they, they said what they are, but like who they actually are. And you see one of the older people in the village, an old man, uh, he raises his hand um, and gestures for you. Uh, you've seen him before. I don't think you've ever interacted, but he's like one of the oldest people in the village. I want to hop down and go over to him because I am a man of the people. And he walks with you and he wants to head in towards the, to the center tower. Okay. As you go in again, just kind of like everything here, it's been renovated now. It's looking like much nicer. It's a fit location for a lot of people to come in and gather. It's, functionally combination like uh worship space and community space mm. and he goes hello yardak is it uh yes yes and uh your, your name i'm sorry i don't remember i'm yar elmer <laughs> no it's uh yarpem uh yes yes yarpem that's right uh how could i forget uh so uh, what's going on uh what's i mean i thought everybody was happy out here what's uh is this new? Have they been here? I recognized a few of them have been among us for a little while now. I'd say you know, of, of the group, there was probably about, I think, 14 total in that fight. And he said, I, I recognized a good eight or nine of them, but the rest unfamiliar to me. But they've been living among us for some time. I was not expecting another attack like back in Atlantis. As far as I can tell, they're ex-military. I know it makes no sense. They say this is for Atlantis, but they're doing exact more of what ruined Atlantis, putting fire on fire, especially when you guys here are just trying to get yourselves situated and get your feet under you, even if you're on water. So far as I can tell, they've waited until now to make any moves because they uh, see us as being stable enough now to be a good base of operations. I think they expected more people to greet them and, and usher them in than to attempt to fight back or flee. Were there any losses? I know I saw some injuries, but... I know as much as you do at the moment, but I did not see any any dead. Oh, thank God. I believe that they are, at a minimum, they were testing our defenses. Again, they may be trying to take the resources that we have built up in our time. Brock can't hear this, can he? Correct. Disappointing, because I know for a fact they're after them resources. I don't think I got the dude's name, so I was trying to rack my brain for it. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, Major Dickhead out there said he, they were here for the resources to use those to try to take back Atlantis. It is as we feared then. And while I'm talking to him, I want to uh, pull out that photo of uh, Yartrav and show him and be like, uh, have you seen this guy with them during any of this? So that photo that you have was taken on land. 
Um, and he says, no, I recognize that one, um, but he wasn't here today. Uh, certainly, I, I've not seen them together. Okay, good, good. I, I just wanted to double check. Uh, his name escapes me, though. It's off. The, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't quite place it. Uh, yeah, uh, his name is Yartrav. Uh, I think he's he's turning a new leaf, um, trying to keep an eye on. And as you say that, his eyes go wide. Yartrav? Uh, yes. Insurrectionist Yartrav? I thought like something like he knew something that happened. This is like the equivalent of saying like you 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 just like said oh yeah that's Osama bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you don't get it. Kaczynski's cool now. <laughs> yes, uh, unfortunately, that Yartrav. A- after everything that happened, he had we put him in jail. Um, with everything that happened in the insurrection, he has made his way uh, onto land, and since then. Uh, has condemned the current happenings right now and is apparently turning a new leaf. <sighs> it wasn't just Yartrav. And so I, I hope to give him a second chance. Not saying he is at all guilt-free and should something happen to him, something happens to him. But if somebody wants to be a better person. Yarpem looks at you and he has grown quite stiff as this conversation has gr- gone on. And he says, Yardak, if you see him, tell him he is no longer welcome here. I can absolutely relay that message. I'm not here as a friend to him. I'm just trying to make sure he's not a bitch. Yeah, like I'm just, uh, th- this is more a precautionary measure as well. Just, you know. Friends close, enemies closer kind of thing. So he continues to, you know, be willing to talk with you. Pan away from that for a moment, though. Visual and Laserhawk, what are you doing? I'm hanging on to Dickie McGee here to make sure he doesn't fly off because, you know, he did a no-no. You're having to, like, put your him his arm, like, over your shoulder to hold him up. He's not able to walk on his own accord. I'm right also now. avoiding Ruby and using this as my excuse. I'm still checking out civilians and also kind of looking for Laserhawk because I want to fucking know about flying, motherfucker. You're both getting some unusual looks, you know, throughout this whole process because you're probably the first humans to ever come here. Hi. I make a blanket for someone and I'd be like, what do people need? I don't know. Uh, well, as I was gonna say, the thing that probably stands out to you the most is there's a lot of property damage. I start making walls to at least like try and mitigate some of that. I can't just like fix a house. Yeah, especially because some of the materials are like an unfamiliar metal to you. So I'm making walls to try and at least keep stuff up. Is there an Atlanta man near me other than the one I have locked up in a headlock? I mean, there's people running all around this place. Can we say that there's one that looks like a young Victorian boy running by? There's a little Atlantean wearing a vest. You boy, what day is it? It's actually (laughs) funny you say that. You boy, may I ask you a question? Me? Sure. No need to worry, Sonny. I just want to know if you have a, uh, I don't know, a constabulatory or some form of, uh, police office where I could, uh, deliver this Nerduel. I-, I guess you could take him to the hospital. He looks injured. <laughs> ah, yes. Phenomenal idea. Should have thought of that sooner. Haha. <laughs> there's, uh, there's no guards here. Well, perhaps that's something worth consulting your village elders over. What's your name, kid? Yar Yar Minx. You can call me Pelham. Hmm. Well, Pelham, thank you very much for your help. You are very useful. I'm gonna take care of this fella, and then, uh, see if I can be useful around here. Okay. And, and it's moments later, like, a younger Atlantean woman comes over and, like, kind of, like, ushers him away. Hello, now. Hope you have a nice day. And I fly this douchebag off to the hoppable. Uh, Ruby, you see Laserhawk fly up above the building and then land. Uh, what the fuck? From your perspective, pretty far away. Um, like he goes out of you again. I, I, I'm assuming like I'm helping like an Atlantean family. Remember that you do. I was like, you do have comms though. You saw that, right? You saw him fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we all saw that. Yeah, that's I know him well, and he never told me he could fly. You know, I had a similar situation. You know, my husband never told me he had a second family. Same thing. <laughs> 
Same thing. And I turned around. I was like, oh, my God, are you okay? Uh, I actually go to my comms and I go, hey, Laserhawk. So anyways, this guy's pretty banged up. You're probably going to need to look at his knee. And I don't really know how, like, the police force were. I assume I'm talking to a doctor and ignoring my friend. Yeah, yeah. I'll say there's a there's an Atlantean medic. Um, she's wearing like a long flowing robe uh, that's like a very like kind of teal blue. And I said, go, I know you can hear me. And I don't mean to like, you know, be that guy, but you guys don't have like a security force around here. Uh, and she starts to look at him and she goes, oh, we did. You know, it's uh, not something we did. We, we prefer not to discuss our security arrangements with outsiders. I, I, I fully understand that, but I'm, I'm just saying if this is going to become, I worry about you guys. You know, one of my best friends is an Atlantean. And no, actually, I <laughs> wish I Ruby could hear that. I went, oof. Yikes. Like, Anyways, I assume that I've made the conversation awkward now, so I kind of shuffle off, still fucking avoiding Ruby. Yeah, yeah, no, you've definitely made the conversation awkward. Yeah, the that doctor looks back to you, looks back to, uh, the guy that she is healing and like just kind of makes, I think the, the takeaway you would have is she's definitely not going to discuss it in front of this fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, leave you to it. Uh, I'm going to fix a building and I fly the fuck away. Okay. And as you're flying away, you see her, she's kind of gathering up her water and she uses the water to strap him down to the bed. File that away for your Adamo and I for a later date. So you're going to go try to fix a building again, flying through the air. Shroom, and visual aid can see this. Um, as she continues to help civilians. Yeah, if you're trying to avoid the fact of telling me that you can fly, perhaps stop showing off, asshole. I'm trying to avoid how scared I am right now, Ruby. And I land in front of her. And I go, scared of what? I don't know what's happening, but my powers aren't stable right now. I feel weaker. I can do this now, but... Nothing feels right, and I'm terrified that they're going to fail me in a moment like this when I need them. So yeah, I was a little worried to tell you guys, because that makes it real. That's that's fair, but we, we can how? We, we can help you through stuff like this. That's what friends are for. And I, I got hit at least once or twice real good in that fight, right? Can we say that like I got hit once real good in the torso? Sure. I want to lift up my shirt and show off like a pretty sizable bruise that wouldn't have been there six months ago. That kind of weaker. I'm, I'm glad you're sharing this with me now. And I know that you're about to tell me that I should go to Union or something, but I don't trust them. Not with this. Betsy has tried to use post-human mutation shit to make things like me before. I don't want that to happen again. The last thing I want to do is go to the Twelves. Fair. Is there any scientist or anyone with, like, Lydia's skill set that you do trust? I have Kraken looking for whoever he can, but he's a busy guy, and we're running thin. Um, I... There's a guy in the underground I might be able to talk to, but I don't know if anyone's heard from the Underguardian in the past decade, so that's a shot in the fucking dark. I I don't know, Ruby, and I'm scared. Let's go find Hornet and Yardak, and maybe Yardak can at least kill you a little bit. Yeah, I need to check on the kid anyway. I'm, uh... But also, how long have you been able to fly? 
That looks cool. It's been a few months, honestly. It's been in, like, the past three weeks that I've gotten a pretty good handle on it. It was kind of like watching a newborn deer try to run up until then. Another reason I didn't show you. But that would have been fun. It would have been embarrassing. Are you fucking kidding me? You hang out with Bethany all the time. She's always got her fucking camera. Yeah, the embarrassing would have been fun. You've seen me. You've seen me falter during training all the time. Shut up. I'm going to go check on Hornet. Flies off. All right, back inside of this big center building. You're still sitting there with Yarpem, uh, Yardak. And how well do you trust these land dwellers you brought with, brought with you? The ones I brought with me? Implicitly. Yarpem has a walking stick, uses it to stand himself back up, and says, well, I will let the others know to welcome them with open arms then. Yes, if there's one thing you can trust, it's the fact that they have saved my life countless times over and I have saved theirs. They're the best people you can find. Well, all of the rumors floating around say that they helped uh, bring about some of the changes in Atlantis. That's a whole other story for a whole nother time. And I mean that literally. All right. And you begin to walk out. And I would say like a lot of you start meeting up. And what you suddenly notice and hear is a little as a uh, as this little fishing boat pulls alongside the barge and out steps uh, Shauna Ortega and Kenny Hammond. Hey, Shauna, you doing all right? And she cues to Kenny to cut the camera like she makes a little slicing motion. Thank you. Hi, Kenny. <laughs> and Kenny gives you a little up nod. Shauna goes, Laserhawk, Yardak, uh, Visual Aid, and uh, Hornet, uh, the whole lot of you are, are here now. Yeah, you called us. And I go, of course. Well, I didn't know that you'd be bringing additional forces with you. And she goes to shake Yardama's hand. Hello, I don't believe we've met. And I, I, as soon as she does that, because like the cameras are off, I immediately want to like run up and like put my arm around him and be like, this is my boyfriend, ain't cute. <laughs> and she cracks a smile and she goes, ah, okay, that explains why uh, you two arrived together then. Also, he kicks a lot of ass. I saw we got some good footage of that fight. I uh, wanted to let you know I did catch um, I did catch a little bit of footage as some of them slinked away. It looks like they were heading as far as I could tell. They were heading uh, southeast away from the city, at least. That's something. And you see, uh, you know, Kenny's starting to get some footage of the Atlantean structures and stuff. And you see some people again giving some quizzical looks, some kind of avoiding being on on camera. And uh, Yarpem slowly makes his way up as well. Yardak, I see you bring more friends along with you. Uh, yes, this is an acquaintance that, you know, yes, we'll say friend, Shauna Ortega. Uh, she is a newscaster up here and she has lovingly ingratiated herself into our lives when it comes to the fighting and drama that we have to put up with being who we are. And she gives like a slight bow and she says, I am grateful to be, uh, to be here. And Yarpem says, she seems nice. She's a good egg, this one. And I kind of elbow her. And she cracks a smile from that. You do see she's kind of making a motion to Kenny to like, you know, keep rolling. Shauna basically goes, yeah. So I, saw, I caught that footage. And she and she looks at you, Laserhawk. Are we going to talk about what I just saw? Because the whole fucking city is about to see it. <sighs> I'll give you an on and I'll give you an off the record. And then it's only because I trust you enough with the off the record. Uh, and she motions to Kenny, like, over this way. Laserhawk, we see that you've demonstrated ab an ability uh, not seen previously. Can you can you tell us about this? About this? Ah, yes, Miss Otago. Well, you see, in my ever-growing quest in bettering myself so that I can protect the city, it turns out that I learned a new way to use the same concept of my pulsar pogo to fly through the air. And honestly? I think it's pretty cool. 
All right. Well, we look forward to, to seeing you fly around the city, I suppose. Absolutely. Anytime, any day, wherever I'm needed, Miss Ortega. <laughs> and you see the red light go off from the camera. Kenny stops rolling. Look, Ortega, my body's doing some weird shit right now. And, uh, yeah. Gotcha. You, are you okay? God, I hope so for all our sakes. Would you be comfortable with me putting some feelers out to someone that you might want to speak to? Be vague until I can personally vet them. But I trust you. Of course. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'll, I'll keep it very vague. Appreciate you, Ortega. Of course. You're okay, though? I'll be fine. I, uh, I've got a marathon of ancient aliens tonight, and I think that's gonna heal my soul. That's one of the most on-brand things you've ever said is Laserhawk. I mean, dude, I, he's a Gen Xer. Ruby goes, of course you watch ancient aliens. It's funny, because I know it's not true. Okay. Good. Ruby, we've been to space. I was able to figure out that show's bullshit. That stays off the record too, Ortega. Which meant that you've believed it until then. Shut up, Yardak. Did Yardak ever actually hear la- heal Laserhawk? No. Oh, nope. <laughs> and I get to go, actually, before you contact anyone, uh, can you heal him real quick? And I point at Laserhawk. Oh, God, yeah, please. Yeah, I got Pam. Let me get him. And so I give him a little wiggly wobbly. Yardama comes up to you, Yardak, and... and, and- Grabs your arm to get your attention after you heal Laserhawk. What, what is it? I think it's worth contacting Atlantis about. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Let me give Ulazara a call. Yarpem hears this and says, would you like to utilize our uh, Ripplecom here? It's a it's a larger one. Oh, then by all means, yes, please. And he leads you back to that uh, that center. And you don't see these very often. They're typically only in like larger structures. Uh, they just take they take more magic to run, basically. And he takes you to the center, and basically it's uh, again same as your Ripplecom, except instead of being a small hand size one, it's like a good six foot by six foot. So like the people actually come out as like full size to what they are in real life. And you reach out, and the queen uh, answers, "Yes, Yardak." Oh, Zara, yes, good to hear you, but. Uh, unfortunately, this isn't just a social call. Yoridamo and I are here at Chenpar Atlan. Again, wasn't a social call. We got called here because we heard of some people that were attacking them and come to find out it was other Atlanteans that are attempting to use them for resources to, I guess, quote, take back the actual Atlantis for themselves. Interesting. Can you tell me any more about our attack about your attackers? Their leader is one of your Queen's Guard. He had uh the same military tattoo as mine, but he had slash marks through it. Ah, I see. The APRC. They're a newer faction that has appeared. Uh they're being run by a man known as Galtar. Yes, a former Queen's Guard. Like that would be Yar Galtar, right? No, Yardak. Uh he has chosen to forego the prefix. Ooh, uh, okay, I kind of like that. Okay. He's choosing to forgo the prefix like Pacifica. Do you think he's working with the Pacificans, or is he just adopting that idea? It is hard to say. Remember that you cannot tell the land dwellers about Pacifica. Oh, well, yes, that goes without saying. Uh, they value their privacy over anything. But my friends and compatriots up top certainly know about Goltar and his attempts to take back Atlantis as they helped me defend the colony. Yes, we've been seeing the occasional attack from the Atlantean Patriots Ruling Council, as they've come to call themselves, attempting to stage a little coup. I believe they are unsatisfied with the potential reforms that are coming to Atlantis soon. Oh, such as? Well, it hasn't been decided yet. There's discussions about, you know, democracy, about the monarchy. You know, it's it's... 
Uh, I had thought you had already come to a resolution. No, the people, the people still remain uncertain about what they want. And I think that they are attempting to take advantage of this uncertainty to instill their own view of how things should be, as I believe they think the military should have always been in charge. Well, unfortunately, they are correct. If there is any time to strike, it would be while the monarchy isn't stable. Do what you can to help Chen Parhatland. That is, you know, they may not live here anymore, but they are still part of us. And we still consider them every bit as worthy of protection as as those down here. That's right. Atlantean blood is Atlantean blood. All right. If you if there are any changes, please, please reach out to me. Absolutely. And if there's any other unrest down here or if you need help for anything else, you can also give me a call. Of course, I've always valued. I want you to know I have always valued your input, Yardak. And I'm sorry that I didn't uh, heed your words earlier this year. I mean, the chips fell where they may, and no matter what, you've always basically been like a second mom to me anyway, so there's no bad blood here. I'm glad to hear it. I'll tell your mother that you said hello. I believe you should call her sometime soon, though. <laughs> yes, Ozara, you are absolutely correct. I should call my mom. I forgot you had a mom. Like, nah. And in the words of the ancient Atlantean customs, word to your mother. Take take care, Yardak. Uh, you take care as well, Ozara. I hope to talk to you soon. And then the water... <laughs> falls back into the pool and then suddenly uh you you see uh as you're exiting out of the building i think everyone's probably gathered in the courtyard you know kind of towards the center of town here the young one that you saw earlier Laserhawk, uh pelham uh he's running up and he's holding he's holding a piece of paper it's interesting that that young one does not use a prefix uh and, and he hands it to you yardak and i take it from him and it says it is from galtar and it says we will make this easy, Yardak. Please, we only want the energy source for the island. If you relinquish that to us, there should be no further need for violence. You have until sunset. I'm reading out loud. Goltar is saying that he wants the energy source for the colony, and he won't stop until he gets it. And there's a lot of whispered murmurs around around the colony then as, as you're renouncing this. So I want to then say, I assume that's what's uh, powering your massive Ripplecom. And the rest of the building. Yarpem says it powers everything on this island. How could he act like that's such an easy demand? Sorry, Yarpem pipes up. He's hoping that we consider our lives worth more than our energy. But without it, what life would you lead here? It is a recent development that we that we were able to come across and forge it, actually. It would not be easy to replace, but we lived before without it. Yes, but you've done this for yourself and by yourself. Shouldn't let somebody come along and just steal it from you. We are a small island, Yardak. We only have so many forces, and we can't expect you to fight all of our battles for us. I mean, I, I cannot make this decision for you, but I personally would rather fight than give up something. Something as great as that that I have created. I don't trust them with this. Look at what they've already done. They clearly don't have the best of intentions. Then yes, I want to jump back up on top of the crate that I had originally jumped on, spread my arms at wide to the audience, and say... Galtar might have left this note for me, but it is about all of you. And while I am not here and of the colony, I am of Atlantis, as are you. And I cannot make this decision for you. My choice would be a resounding hell no. You all have created and forged the energy that you're using to run this colony. And he has no right to claim it. And all he's going to do is use it to perpetuate the cycle of violence that has been happening in Atlantis for the last how many years. And if you think he's going to stop at just that, wait till you create the next one and he wants that too. That is just my piece. I leave it for you to decide. It is your homes and your lives. All right, roll a persuasion check. 
I mean, I roll pretty well. It's a 17, but what is my persuasion? 26. You hear someone go, yeah, the Poseidium is ours. Then the crowd goes, yeah. <laughs> and Yarpem looks around. Uh, he's sitting on a table and he's holding his walking stick. And he looks around, he smiles at the group. And he says, well, Yardak, you will have our defenses. Follow us. Hey out there, last Mayhem cast for 2024, just thought I'd give you an update on what's happening and what's coming next. We had our holiday stream, Redacted Rangers Making Spaceships Bright featured Dan as Equinox, Troy as Pintar, and Jordan as the Slugger once again, teaming up to get back Pintar's ship from the Majestic 12. It was a fun time. And of course you can find that on our website as well as on YouTube. Reminder that our merch store did launch. If you want to get a Union-themed t-shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie, maybe a Masks and Mayhem sticker, or a Clash Club poster, you can find them at mayhemcast.creator-spring.com. Use the code EARLYHIVE, all one word, for 10% off between now and December 31st. You can also help support us by donating at our Ko-fi at ko-fi.com mayhemcast. In terms of what's coming up, I'm working on an article about the Atlanteans' Sisterhood of Brahm that should come out later this week. We'll be taking a short holiday break and be back on January 8th with Chapter 76. But for now, let's get back to the game. Um, and he leads you to the lowest tip of the island, the southeast tip. Uh, and he opens it up and you see it's a very spart- sparsely filled, but there are some Atlantean uh, weapons. And he says, we will give our most skilled to allow them to take up arms alongside you while the rest of us, we will hunker down this time in the lower section since we know that it is coming. Hell yeah. Fighting for what's yours. Uh, I'm so happy that that's what everybody wants. So keep in mind, like, again, looking at this, there's like, a handful of weapons, like 10, 10 people might be able to arm themselves kind of thing. That's why we're right by Riverside. That's in America. We can get guns. Yeah. So basically everyone starts making a plan. You know, they start trying to fix up the rest of the island. And, you know, you see the sun slowly starting to dip in the sky. I, I make a couple daggers. I make a sword. We have a weapon print. Right, but she can't <laughs> make these weapons. She can make swords, I guess. Yeah. But like, she can't make like these Atlantean weapons. Laser Hawk, what are you doing as everybody's uh, cheering and preparing? I'm making sure that my friend's okay. Uh, Pam, during this whole thing, she's kind of just been like leaning up against a wall, like arms crossed, looking around. So look, kid, I'm going to be honest with you. With how fucked up your suit is, I think I should run you back. What's your call here? No, I'm in this. I think uh, I think I should be here. I'll check in with them. Maybe somebody here has something that they can use to to patch me up a little bit. I don't think I'll be able to fly, but uh, maybe I'll at least you know I should be able to fight. I was about to say that we at least need to get you fixed up. Worst case scenario, I know for a fact we have enough time to sit back to the laser hut real quick. I've got shit there. But yeah, let's see if there's someone here first. I say yeah, you don't have that much time. The sun's starting to get low in the sky. I'm fast. You ask around a little bit, and you find there is like a mechanic shop that they use to like. Do do a lot of the maintenance work on the island. I slap down 20 clams on the counter and say, give me the best fix job you can get. There's no there's no clam currency, Jesus Christ, Brandon. Yeah, no shit. The two women that are running the shop give Pam a once over. They kind of basically use their water to essentially, how do I put it? They have water going, but they have like these gauntlets on that are kind of like Pam's that are kind of like letting out some electricity. Basically, uh, water-based welding. That's so fucking cool. Hell yeah! It's like, it's like underwater welding, but reverse and on land. Ah, yes. I'm just sort of sticking with Pam. I feel like she kind of needs the moral support right now. I, I imagine at one point, it's almost like a tattoo shop. Like, Pam is on chair, basically. Like, she's leaning forward. 
and they're working on the back of her suit. Ran. And she notices the apprehensive look on you, and she's like, you don't have to worry. We're going to be fine. See, that's my secret, kid. I'm always worried. I'm just better at hiding it most of the time. No, we got this. I hope so. And Yardak, you check your watch, and you see that it's like, uh, I was say, the last of the people were kind of getting hidden. It's, uh, it's like 10 of 6. Tell me where you all are taking position. So is this big thing in the center? Right, that's the community center, worship center space. I'm imagining they're probably going to get really close to that, and I've got a lot of uh, close attacks. Where is this battery specifically? Is that in the community center? No one asked. Oh, well, I'm asking now. Oh, well, no, I said, isn't that what's powering the, the big... Uh... Well, you said it's powering the whole island. I thought you were saying the big thing in the center was the battery. Yeah, because it, it had the, the whole crystal-y thingy, and you're like, that appears to be this. Well, yeah, because no one ever asked further, so... Yeah, I'm asking now, so I know what fucking point I'm defending. Yeah, so who are you asking, is I guess what I'm... I say, the only people that you've met here are uh, Yarpem and Pelham by name, and I guess these two maintenance women. Um, and, and there's also the guy you captured who's at the, at the hospital, presumably still. I'm sitting here with the two maintenance women. I might as well fucking ask them. What are you saying? I'm not asking this to do anything shady. I'm asking this so I can defend it in a couple hours. Where the hell's this battery? And as they're fixing Pam up, they're like, it's a Poseidium-based uh, power cell. It's uh, basically- Yeah, I'm familiar. We harvest that in high wind. It's uh, built into the flooring in the community center. You know, there's a layer in between to protect it from any, like, you know, shocks and absorption, but it kind of centers it throughout the whole whole space. Okay. You know, basically, if they if they tore up the floor paneling, it's in- you know, small little practically handheld packs. They would have to get to the floor of the community center to even get to it. Correct. I have a weird idea. All right. I want to just make an extra layer of floor so they would have to get down even further. Make another bedrock. They can't break that. I'm going to say that you, uh, Yardak told me that. And I'm going to, is your Pem, is that the name of like, it's, are they the mayor? Was that their? Uh, the, all you know is that they're the the elder. You know, they're. I'll say you don't believe that they're any ele- kind of elected official, if that's what you mean. So we're kind of in charge. Uh, yeah, you've gotten the sense that they are old enough that they are kind of in charge. And I go, I have an idea to help protect um the battery. By all means, what is your plan? Someone was saying that it's like built into the floor of of the center. Correct. And I go, so I I don't know if you're familiar with my power set. I but I can create objects. What if I create more floor so it's harder to get to? There is one concern about that, and that would be uh, if they decide to attack it from below. Where's below? Like, from where below? So the bottom of the barge also has its own, like, underwater also has its own buildings and such. Not nearly as many, but some people, like, sleep down there, basically. Oh, and I, yes, because you can breathe underwater. So that is my concern that if they attack it from below, it would be left undefended. We had planned on possibly stationing some of our people uh, on the underside and leave the top side to the lot of you. That seems like a good idea, especially because I assume I probably cannot go down there because I cannot breathe down there. I say the only person who's been able to change that was uh, Ula Bryn, temporarily, the most powerful Atlantean mage. And I go, well, unfortunately, I can't breathe underwater anymore. Uh, so I, I don't think I would be able to be down there to defend. But obviously, obviously luckily, we have Atlanteans to do that. Uh, he cracks a wry smile at that, being uncertain if you're joking, necessarily. I'm still going to go ahead and make the floor, because at least... It's some kind of defense. And I said, I unfortunately, I don't know how to do that on the other side because I don't know how to keep it from just like floating down in the water. So I create a floor, like a just a secondary floor. And I try to make it look like the first floor. And you're about 10 minutes now from the sun going down. Yardak, you hear the sounds of someone coming out of the water 
And when you turn, you see Galtar. Did you really think we were going to just hand this over to you? Yardak, you of all people should understand what is going on with Atlantis and what they're going to turn it into. And so you think you're the person that's supposed to lead it? We would have the strength to keep order, to keep things from getting as bad as they were before, to give the people voice. The king had too much power, and that's what led to the situation that led to all of this in the first place. Because he was not of the people. He was he was highborn. If we let the normal folks, the normal people that are in the military have that control, we could do all of the right things this time. I don't know, bro. Sounds pretty Yosef Stalin to me. But now they're talking about they're talking about democracy, which is great, but there's also discussions about the monarchy retaining power or or even the sisterhood of Brahm. Would you want the religious institutions to take over? Sounds cool. A military dictatorship is still a dictatorship. That's the truth. I thought you of all people would understand. Why would I understand this? Look, bro, I understand and I'm not exactly from your neck of the woods, but let me tell you that this whole military dictatorship hasn't traditionally worked very well up here. I feel like it's not going to be better, but wet. So be it. Cowabunga, it shall be. I'm going to have you roll initiative again. That... Oh, thank God, a real number. Yeah, 17. Oh, we're back. 33, I rolled a fucking 19. 18. Does anybody here have takedown two on your advantages? Yes. Good to know. I do too. And, oh, good to know. I do. As you look around, you see a group of 32 individuals rise up out of the water, because I was say, Laserhawk, I think you'd be the only one who can see all this, and they rise up basically coming from all sides. Yo, we're surrounded. How many do you count? Two, maybe three dozen. Ah, fuck. I mean, that's more than earlier, but... This is Rachel asking, is Sean Ortega still here? Actually, I'm going to say that, you know, everyone else is hiding because they're trying to get the main tower. Her and Kenny are up on the second story of the school. I'll say they argued with you real hard about, like, you wanted them to leave, but they said, put us up on the second story of the school. It's out of the way of the fighting. It allows us to still get a good vantage point. I like to imagine that Brock definitely gave Shauna and Kenny a 20-minute I swear to God if I have to save you speech. <laughs> it's, it's our job to be here, Laserhawk. Uh, Laserhawk, first in the round. So you see there's Galtard down here, and then again, just guys everywhere. How many of them look minion-y? Roll assessment. You have that, don't you? I sure should do. So that's a 21. 21? You get the feeling that most of them are fairly greenhorn. If I incapacitate a minion, according to Takedown 2, then I get a free attack. My goal is to essentially fly around with my fist out and punch as many of them in the jaw as I can before the mechanics shut me down. Alright, let's go for it. Uh, I guess roll your first attack. Give me an idea, though, which side of the island are you starting from? I imagine that I'm going from the weakest looking dickhead to the right of the main guy. And just going clockwise. Roll that first attack, then. Dickhead one. That's a nat fucking 20. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are you going to do with that nat 20? Own him extra hard. I guess add an extra five on the DC. Okay. All right. That hits. What's the DC then? 30? Yeah, that's 30. Uh, yep, that fails. So he's out. Uh, roll for the next one. Yeah, 28. 28. Okay. That one fails. Go for the next one. <laughs> I'm going to knock out this whole fucking army by myself. That was a 16 on the dice. Jesus. 26. Okay. That one takes the hit, but like flies with it and stays up. Oh, fuck that guy in particular. And then where do you end up at the end of this? I'll go back to my original position. Yardak, Galtar looks at you, immediately reaches into his pocket and throws a rune out at you. Pocket rune. Pocket's hand. So what's your dodge plus 10 again? 20. Okay, that hits. 
you're going to want to roll a will save. Oh, what the fuck? I'm ruining this little bitch just throwing me. It's 19. You feel a familiar tingle as your water control kind of drains away from you. You do not feel your connection to the water. A moment ago, you felt connected to the whole world around you, and now you feel like a person. And he runs up now, and he's also going to go punch you. Uh, do you get any of your protection from your water? No. What's your parry plus 10? Oh, 18. He hits you. Now roll a toughness check. 27. Uh, you take that hit on the chin. It hurts, but you're not feeling injured by it. Laserhawk, what's your dodge plus 10? 20. Basically, a bunch of the remaining minions, after seeing what you just fucking did, target you. So you're going to want to roll a toughness check. Bring it. 23. You are going to take a negative one to future toughness checks, and you're going to be dazed next turn. Fuck. Uh, basically, like, uh, eight guys just shot you. <sighs> Visual aid, it's your turn. So, like, if we had, basically, imagine that it's kind of evenly divided. So, eight guys in one quarter of the island, eight guys in the other, and they're all kind of starting to converge a little bit. Like, every moment, they're kind of getting a little closer. Where's the, like... What was the main dude's name? Actually, I guess he just punched Yardak, so he's gonna be, like, right up on him now. I kind of want to make the illusionary damage, but make it feel like someone just, like, popped up behind him and, like, attacked him. Okay, what's the DC on that again? The DC is 25. And is it resisted by Will? Will, yes. All right, yeah, he's gonna take a hit from that. What do, What does it look like this time? It So it, it's going to appear as me. Okay. But I'm imagining he can kind of see me, right? Right, so it's like there's two of you from his perspective? It's going to go tap, tap, and it's going to turn around and see me and then punch him in his face. All right, are you doing anything else? If he turns back around to reel me, I'm just going to wave. All right, Yardak, it's your turn. Is uh, my water back or no? Uh, Roll another will save. 24. Uh, No, you do not feel your water connection return. In that case, I want to, uh, because he's still really close to me, Take my spear and just in one motion from like my back and just like fucking wallop him with it. Roll a spear attack. Yeah. You just rolled that 20, baby. Yes, I damn sure did. Yeah. yeah. What's the DC normally and what are you doing with your nat 20? With the uh, adding, it's 32. The DC is 23. Okay, so yeah, you definitely hit. So it's normally a 23 DC. What are you doing with your critical? Isn't it, I raise the DC or I do what? Uh, you can get a plus five to the DC, add a secondary attack with either, depending on what you're trying to do, either a DC 10 or DC 15 or a free power stunt. I want to do a secondary move. What is that going to be? Put a prison rune right at his feet. Like I knock him and he goes back and I fucked him up. So, and then I just slam a prison rune down. Yeah, I'll let you do that. <laughs> okay. And so what's the DC again? 23? Yep. Get bent, Aqua Hoser. He looks like he got real walloped by that spear. Like, just you cut right through some of his armor, like cut some of it off. Hell yeah. Like, he just was not expecting. He thought you'd be more uh, thrown from the water control being taken away. I've taken bigger hits from a bitch. All right. Are you doing anything else with your turn? Well, other than smacking the uh, rune down. Yeah, no, then that's everything. Visual aid, you do see coming from your side of the island that uh, younger soldier that you saw before. Quick, make a car battery and throw it in the ocean. We can get them all. Oh, shit. All right, I gotta stop using this dice. That's a critical hit on you, uh, Laserhawk. I thought it was Ruby's turn. No, I was just saying that she could see him. You're flying up in the air like you're the most visible person right now. All right, cool. I just got my shit rocked. Uh, tell me more. Tell me more. Am I about to fucking die? Roll a toughness check. <laughs> oh, good. I rolled like, sh- you know what? Hero point. Hey, that's your last hero point. I really wasn't expecting the grease reference. 
25? You take that hit, and you're going to take a negative one to future checks, but it's not as bad as it could have been. Hey, buddy. You swing like a guppy. <laughs> a whole group of them come in, and you can see from your perspective, Yardak, that they all just shoot at Yardamo. Oh, thank God. I'm just going to say if it's fucking me again. They hit... Ooh, basically like four guys shot Yaradamo and he's kind of like reaching out towards you as he like doom doom and he's like down like on his knees, like down on one knee now. Oh, fucking Christ. I run and football slide to him. Uh, you're not. It's not your turn. I don't give a damn. That's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh... <laughs> Remember when I said this was going to be quick combat? It's going to go a little longer than I intended because another group of minions just did the fucking same thing to Hornet. Stop that! It's Yaradamo's turn who turns around and whips at the guys who attacked him. Oh, okay, he did really good. He basically takes out, like, in his rage, he lashes out and takes out, like, five guys. Thank you. Then it's Hornet's turn. Laserhawk, you recognize this sound that she is cranking up her, uh, her gauntlets as she dives forward. And just starts walloping, guys. Let's see how it goes. All right, all right. Uh, she takes out another set of five. Hell yeah. And Laser Hawk, it's your turn again. So you're now down to 15 guys. So you've taken out a good chunk of them together now. Question. Yes. Could I combine takedown with my Hellzone grenade? Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, it would just be a single standard action. Because if that's the case, then I could blow up like three or four minions with each of these and then move on to the next one. Uh, I mean, the, the big issue is you won't be able to reach everyone with a grenade. I mean, that's fine. It's takedown. All right. Which quadrant are you attacking first? Let's go northwest first. Fuck it. Why not? What's the DC again? DC on that is a 23. That's going to make it. And then... Basically, uh, that first grenade goes off. You hit about four guys and take them out. Wonderful. Let's go southwest. Yeah, you take out uh, another five. Ha <laughs> ha. Northwest. You take out the another four. I mean, there's only one direction I haven't swung yet. All right, so you're just throwing grenades out. Boom, 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 boom. All right, it looks like you only got two guys from what you can see now, because it is dark now, so it's getting a little harder to see. Is that good enough for me to keep swinging? No. Oh, wait, sorry, yeah. Who haven't I hit yet? Looks like there's about six guys left. Are they, like, together, or are they separate? They're all kind of separated at this point. I guess I'll go for the northernmost dickhead and blow him up specifically. Okay. That one does not hit. That's fine. I blew up, like, how many guys? Like 10 or 12 or something like that. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I will mention you've done a significant amount of property damage. We can fix that. I say, you do have a you have a one-person construction crew on your hands. It is Galtar's turn, who goes and swings at you again, Yardak. Wait, isn't he in the prison room? Oh, that's a good point. So if he goes to move at you, what's the DC on that? I was hoping he would try to swing at fake me, where he was still there. 20. And resisted by, does it say what it's resisted by? Alternate resistance dodge. Unfortunately, he does not see it, but he does not actually step on it. But it's still on the ground, it still hasn't been activated, and he's still in the vicinity because he's like right next to you. So like there's still a possibility he could step on it next turn, for instance. So basically he'll have to keep rolling it. As long as you guys remain where you are, he'll have to keep rolling each time to make sure he misses it. Is it you said it's my turn or his turn? It's still his turn. He's, he's attacking you. And what, oh yeah, what's your uh, parry plus 10? 20. Oh, wait, no, wait, that's my dodge. Uh, Perry's 18. 18, that's going to hit, so roll a toughness check. Okay, I mean, all together, 21. 21, you are going to take a negative one to future toughness checks then. Oh. Visual aid, it's your turn. He also took a swing at the uh, the other version of you that was there. Okay. 
but swung swung wide. My illusion is still near him, right? Correct. I am going to have her try and go after him with the sword. Okay, so does illusionary damage. What's the DC on that again? Uh, 25. All right. And it's a will check, right? Yes. All right. He's going to take another negative one. And are you doing anything else with your turn? I want to take another action and then you hero point to. Okay. So you're going to use extra effort to get another action. Yes. Is anyone near me? Uh, the only one you can see for sure right now is uh, is that younger guy. Last you saw a shot at Laserhawk. Beach. Because I feel like we might have to get that younger kid. I'm going to put him in a box. All right. What's the DC on that? That would just be create, right? Mm-hmm. I'll get that younger kid. I'll get him in a fucking headlock. Don't do that. He shot me. Fuck you. Would the DC be like my create rank plus something? Yeah, plus 10. Plus 10. So it'd be 20. Uh, yeah, 100%. He is, he is trapped inside. And I go, again, you don't have to do this. Fuck you, young mung squindus. And anything else? Okay, so that's, I still have, I have one hero point now, right? You have one, Yardak has two, Lazerock has none. Then Yardak, it's your turn. I'm gonna jump on him, like, into a hug and step on the rune and trap us both. Ooh, okay, all right. Uh, let's roll this as an unarmed attack check, then. A hug? Yeah, you're trying to hit him. Okay, that is a 23. That hits. Now it's going to be contested strength. Ha ha, fucking 22. All right, yeah, you got him. You force him onto the to the prison room trap. What's the DC on that? 20. 20, you have to roll it as well. Oh, I'm fine if we're both trapped. Oh, okay, I'm fine. 26. It looks like he is trapped. He tries to roll out of the way. You roll out of the way entirely. He tries to roll out of the way, but he gets his foot gets captured. I was just totally fine with being in there being like nose to nose. Like, how do you like this, bud? His whole body is not stuck, but like his foot is. So he can't walk or move out of the way. Oh, okay. Which basically means like he could still do stuff with his hands. But, like, he's going to take significant penalties to anything you try to hit him with. Okay. And then it's also your turn, so roll a will check. Uh, that's only a five. Um, plus six is 11. All right, never mind. You still don't have control of your water. And then in that case, um, I want to do a second attack, and I'll use my hero point to negate whatever fatigue I get. Okay. Because his foot is stuck, I want to take the handle of my axe and bring it the fuck down on his head to knock him out. Okay, uh, roll that as a, as a spear attack. Ooh, 17 plus 12 is 29. That hits. What's the DC on that? 23. What does it look like? I'm imagining like me throwing him into the the rune trap. He like got his foot stuck. And so like he kind of went ass over teacup a little bit trying to catch himself. And then he was on the ground and was like trying to get himself back up. And like as he goes to look up, I just bring the handle of my fucking spear down on the side of his head, right in the temple. And when this happens, you hear someone yell, Goltar! Uh, and you see, like, an Atlantean woman who's, like, kind of firing at you now. While I'm still bringing the handle of my spear down on his head, the second it connects and she yells, I just take the handle and point it right at her. And I said, do you want to be next? And she's, like, firing at you, kind of going behind cover. And you hear one of them say, Fessum, it's over. We got to retreat. Two of them, like, grab her and start dragging her back. And she's like, no! Like, they dive into the water. So she is an Atlantean. If you're not doing anything else, then it is uh, Yaradamo's turn who attacks the last remaining guy. He's still walking? He's like leaning up against the building trying to keep himself standing. Yikes. Yaradak, please go give your boyfriend a healing handy. Eventually, basically everything that's gone on, uh, some of the remaining Atlanteans that were kind of covering the below area have come up above and take care of the remaining guy. Hell yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. I yell as I run across the Yaradamo. And I go, I guess I captured one and I point to the box. So are we out of initiative then? We are out of initiative now. I'm checking on Pam, who also got fucked up. Hornet uh, looks much worse than the first battle. Like uh, all of the work that was done to fix her suit up 
completely negated. Like her regular real person arm is like fully exposed. It's not in danger of like falling off, but she's like got some bleeding wounds coming from it. Scale from one to ten. How fucked up are you right now? Uh, I want to heal. And then I want to go to sleep. Awesome, that was exactly my plan. I think Yaradamo's ahead of you right now, but after that we can get you patched. But I should probably get this guy out of this box. Is there anyone who can uh, be around in case he tries to like flee or something? A bunch of the, the Elanians from the island surround it as you take the box away. I take the box away and I go, the battle's over, no one's gonna hurt you. The second the box came down, he already had his gun on the ground, his hands were up. No, that, that works. Oh, wow, what a bitch. Shut up, we can turn him. Turn him into what, our bitch? No, no one's gonna hurt you, and I go, can you tell me what your name is? My name is Den. Yardak, that should be meaningful to you, because your your father's name was Yarden. Oh. And I go, just Den, then? I reject adding a prefix to my name. I am who I am. Okay, Den. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> And I go, I, I don't have a dog in that fight. And I go, you seem to not want to fight as much as the others. I, I think you know that this maybe isn't the right thing to be doing. I hoped that they would go along peacefully. I never wanted to have to fight my own people, let alone the ones fleeing. And, he kinda, and he's kind of like staring down at the ground like in shame. I get that. That must be hard. But wouldn't it be better to be with peaceful Atlanteans than the Atlanteans that are attacking people? And he looks like he's not here to put up a fight anymore. He's he's surrendering. Honestly, I don't really know where to bring you right now. I don't really know this. I just got here. And I think the other Atlanteans are like, we'll take him. And I go, go easy on him. He seems young. I, probably a lot older than me, right? I mean, no one really knows his age, so we're not going to go into that. You checked on Pam. Pam gave him thing. You're checking on Den. Yardak, what are you doing? Uh, healing the shit out of Yardamo. Yeah, I'll say you overheard that conversation between Den and and visual aid, you're able to heal Yaradama without issue. Cool. And what are you all doing now? Getting Shauna off the roof. Well, they weren't on the roof. They were inside, like, on the second story of that building, like, looking mm. out windows. And they say, wow, that that was amazing work. I want to just get a finishing shot for this. <gasps> Selfies, everybody. Can I just get you all to line up for a moment? Okay, so an Ussie. Got it. She has you guys kind of just, like, lining up. Shauna Ortega here with Channel 7 News. The Riverside Hive has been successful in drawing back the attack on the Atlantean refugee colony. And she puts her hand to her earpiece. Ah, yes. The Atlantean refugee colony known as Chenpar Atlan. How do the rest of you feel? Significantly better now that I know that my people can rest easy tonight knowing that there aren't those wishing to overthrow their colony and take what's theirs. Tune in to Channel 7 News for more information. And light goes off on the camera and you hear her say into her earpiece, all sounds good, Butch? Okay, good. Pam has been noticeably like not, she was not in the shot just with how damaged her suit was. She didn't really want to be in any group mm -hmm. photos. Yeah, I was going to say at this point, I'm practically shoving Pam into Yarnak's arms like fix it. <laughs> so you're able to heal her without issue and Yaradamo approaches you. Yardak, I'm going to stay on the island. I'm going to put in a call to Atlantis for a transport to take these attackers away back to Atlantis. You know what? That's a good idea. I think I'll be gone for a little bit. Well, you know, you can come back whenever you'd like, and I want you here always. And he takes you in a deep embrace, and he says, I'm coming right back. Oh, he's dying on the way back. Fuck. <laughs> I'll call you out for burying gays. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Rachel, what the fuck? I was drinking something. How is it that my character has been surrounded by water all day, yet I'm the one that almost fucking drowned? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Yardak, you just had that tender moment that was undercut by, by Brandon. I, I helped. It's late at night now. Kenny and Sean are going to get on their boat and head back to town. 
Actually, Kenny looks at you and goes, anybody uh, anybody need a lift back? Anybody want to take the easy way home? Yeah, yeah, we'll come with you. Yeah, I like water skied here, basically. So You water skied for a whole ass mile. Appreciate you, Kenny, but my way is faster and this one's going to get patched. So are you taking Pam with you? Yeah, no, I plan on just throwing her on my back and flying her wherever she needs to go. Okay, so the two of you are going to head back, presumably, to the laser hut, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, unless she wants to go back to her place specifically. Well, I figure you got to get the suit and stuff off of her and everything. Yeah, fair. I mean, six to one. I'm just a fucking taxi. <laughs> All right. And are you, how are you getting back, Yardak? I'm going to go with Sean and Kenny. And yeah, you guys have a smooth ride back to town. Uh, they drop you off at the docks. I asked Sean what movies she likes because I'm curious. I fucking love, 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 love rom-coms. I heard Carly Exclamation Point's going to be in one next year. I don't know how good it's going to be, but I can't. Wait, Carly's breaking into acting? One, I love that bit of world building. That's just from Rachel. And I go, but yeah, a cheesy rom-com, like a cheesy bad rom-com is still great. <sighs> it's it's the only thing that gets me through the day some days. And I go, I understand completely. <laughs> so we fade away as you all are heading back to Riverside on the boat, back to the laser hut where Pam and Laserhawk have landed. Pam, I've been assuming that Pam probably has like a workbench that she usually uses when she's visiting. Yeah, I imagine that I've got like a whole little... <laughs> Machinist workshop set up. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, a specific spot that like she works on her suit. Yeah, definitely. And she's got like a special kind of things for like when the suit is like really fucked up, basically on how to like some release valves, basically some specialty ones that'll kind of let her out of it. And she's kind of starting to get that. And she's got like a, she's got a little curtain that she uses to change behind. Dude, I, I'll be honest. I imagine that Pam's probably got like a little room set up. Like, maybe not, like, a full bedroom, but at least, like, a fucking broom closet with a bed that she can... Yeah, as I say, you guys have talked about having, like, some uh, some cots and stuff, at least, in there, so... She definitely crashes there some days. So she's getting changed, you know, she keeps, like, a change of clothes and stuff there. What you realized as you landed and you let her in, there's a big crate sitting out front of the laser hut. Uh, you get fixed up, I'm gonna look at that. Yeah, boss, that sounds good, thanks. I, yeah, I cautiously crack open this crate. So you notice that it has an address written on it, it's from Highwind. Oh boy, this could be great or terrible. You recognize the handwriting as being uh, Dmitry Dragunov. Oh boy, this could be great or terrible. <laughs> when you pop open the actual crate, it's inside is basically like a footlocker um, that you would recognize that you used to have back in Highwind. Oh, fuck. I imagine that, like, Brock's maybe shaking a little bit while he, like, drags this inside. And it's got a little letter attached to the top of it. I get it inside where I can put it down, and I guess I read the letter. Brock, I was doing a little digging around some old haunts, looking for some old equipment that I couldn't find, and I stumbled upon this, and I figured this would be better sent to you now than waiting till your next unplanned visit to Highwind. Best, Dimitri. Slide the letter in my pocket. I open up this footlocker and for the first time in years i look at my costume and inside is the original laserhawk costume from when you first got started in highwind oh hey inside there's a bit of other paraphernalia some other little knickknacks the one thing that you notice is a uh, a torn in half photograph i pick that up it's a young version of you standing sunglasses on in the hot desert sun with a bunch of members of operation coffee pot including a few of your civilian human uh, advisors, including uh, a couple of people you remember. The only one whose name really comes to you at the moment is Ensign Wilson. And you're aware that the torn part is the members that you don't associate with anymore. I mean, yeah, Brock's eyes are just fixed on Mouse, the one that I couldn't save. What are your thoughts when you're looking at this? 
a year ago, Brock would have rolled his eyes and thrown all of this away. But I feel like Brock is probably extraordinarily emotionally conflicted right now. He's reaching for the whiskey. That's that's how Brock feels. He is reaching for the whiskey. As you're leaving this footlocker, like where you opened it, Pam's walking out. She wet her hair a little bit and she's wearing some sweatpants and she just watches as you leave straight from this footlocker and, and make a beeline right for the kitchen. As she kind of just looks over uh, this old uniform and this old photograph. Chapter 75, The Color of Peace. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. Be sure to check out our merch store at mayhemcast.creator-spring.com and use the code EARLYHIVE, all one word, for 10% off. The episode was written, produced, and unconvinced by Arguments for Military Dictatorship by Brandon Brownson, with production assistance by myself, R.C. Byler. Our logo art is by Jen Evans, and our font is by A.J. Eisen. Our theme music is by Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. Right, folks uh this was a uh, quite an episode oh yeah this one's cool as shit yeah it was cool i i like that i got a chance to try to test out some of the new ruby's new abilities and you guys always love when i introduce a new a new child i'll be adopting him okay then i'm never being funnier than that that was so fucking good dude <laughs> did, did it just work out that like brandon requested a victorian child yeah yeah i had no plans for that what are your thoughts on this episode starting with Brandon. Yeah, this was a way heavier Brock episode than I was planning on for what I thought was just going to be a dumb combat episode. I was completely unprepared. <laughs> I was completely unprepared for all of that, but I think I handled it well. You beat me to it like you knew what I was doing before I did it, which is what I what I needed for that scene. The second you said Footlocker, I knew exactly what you meant. I don't know if this is going to get caught, uh, kept in the final, but that was actually supposed to be a scene from, like, the last episode. We wanted to, um, we had originally discussed, like, while I was, like, still in high wind having a scene with, like, Pam and my kid and, like, me going to get that. I kind of like that we didn't do that and it wound up being something that was dropped on Brock. Like, I feel like that had... I would have loved to have had Carl there for that moment, but I feel like it had a lot more of an emotional punch the way that it actually played out. Yeah, I thought a lot about it. I was like, I didn't want to force you back to Highwind to make that happen. And the most logical thing to me was that Dimitri would be involved. I, yeah, no, the way that you handled that was A+. Plus. Uh, what'd you think of the episode, Rachel? I had a lot of fun with it. I love that I got to be a, a little uh, creative with combat now with my new abilities and i liked that i got to do combat but i still got to like buy like just who she is is like if there is a way to not fight she's going to take it mm -hmm. you, you made that very clear in the first and second and third and fourth and however many episodes have we been doing yeah <laughs> ruby's a hero not a soldier
she wants to do the right thing. She doesn't she doesn't just want to fight. Sometimes fighting is the right thing, but not always. Dan, what did you think of this episode? I liked the whole like gathering the troops and preparing for a fight instead of just being in a fight. I wanted to do something new with the Atlanteans. I say we've been establishing for over a season now that there's this group out there. And I was like, we should really make some more solid ideas of what that entails. I like the idea that like everyone's preparing. It would be like the one more day scene. A little bit. All right. Final thoughts. Brandon. I hope I get to talk to that mystery lady again. Rachel. Sorry, that threw me off. Um, this was fun. I want to do more confusing people with two rubies. And Dan. I want to fight the big guy again because he was a bitch. Goltar. Goldar. I can't remember which one is what, and it's Goltar. The problem with that is that clearly indicates you don't remember a Power Rangers character's name, and that's pathetic. I literally have been taught karate by the White Ranger, so... Yeah, that's worse, actually. Ugh, you still sound like a bitch to me. 